It's always challenging when you have a story so vivid, like the story of the rich man and Lazarus, because our temptation, of course, is to understand that Jesus is sharing with us a historical account of something that has happened. Jesus is not sharing a historical account of something that has happened. Jesus has created a parable. Jesus has created a story with made-up characters to teach us some great truth. The other challenge, of course, that comes through a parable that Jesus shares with made-up people and made-up situations is that we have to find ourselves in the parable. And sometimes we have to find each other in the parable. And we won't, depending on our place in life at any given moment, always find ourselves in the same place in the parable. Our lives change, the world change, our relationship to the world and to each other changes, and sometimes we'll hear the peril of this, a parable two years from now very different than what we hear it today, and we'll find ourselves in a new place. So, with all of that, preaching on a parable becomes rather problematic because there won't be one way I would preach about this parable every three years for the next 30 years or the past 30 years because I keep changing as well. So new things keep coming to, just coming to my conscious life about the world around me. So the challenge at every given sermon is that you get a sermon that just happened to strike me today about a story, a parable that Jesus shared. Now at that point, you might be thinking, well, tell us what you think or just sit down, uh, one or the other. <clears throat> and in five minutes from now, you might change your mind about which one you wish had happened. So as I look at this parable, Today, I want to look at it, especially through the lens of what Pastor Lori read for us from that passage from Amos. As Amos comes to the people and talks to the people of Israel, and this is after the split of Israel and Judah. So Amos from Judah is called to go into the northern tribes of Israel and to preach to them. Not an easy task by any means. And so Amos is called to go bring some message to the people of Israel. And Amos is called to go to talk to those who are very wealthy in the northern kingdoms of Israel and to bring them a warning. And this is what I think Amos really wanted to do. Amos wanted to bring them a warning to give them a chance to see what was happening around them. Because we hear these things that Amos talks to them about, about the people who are lying on beds of ivory and lounge on their couches. I, I, I went into Furniture Road just to see if I could find a bed of ivory uh, last week. I couldn't find one anywhere. So apparently the, the northern tribes of Israel had something going beyond even what we have right now. And the people who just sit around, whose days are idle and they, they they sing songs together, and they drink wine, not from glasses, but from bowls. That's how much wine they have. They're drinking it from bowls. And so Amos comes and he says, I recognize this about you. And he 
has this very interesting line. Alas for those because they're doing all of these things, but not because they're doing all of these things, but because they're doing all of these things and are not grieved for the ruin of Joseph. They are living this lifestyle but ignoring the fact that all of the things that had happened in their history, all of the ways that have been, they have been reminded about what it means to live in God and to understand what God is trying to say to them, all of those things they have laid to ruin. And if you talk about the ruin of, of Joseph, we'd be talking about the lineage, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. You'd be talking about the people being enslaved in Egypt and then being set free of, of, of gathering self in the promised land, of living by God's laws, of establishing the judges and the kings, which made them such a place that God was so pleased with that they've laid to ruin. Not just because they're wealthy, because they're wealthy and they're not grieved over the fact that there's grown such a huge disparity. And I think maybe more than anything else, they fail to even recognize. They fail to even recognize what God had done through them, for them throughout the generations. And so that takes us into Jesus' parable. As he tells this story about a rich man and Lazarus. And he talks about the rich man. Jesus uses wonderful words, at least the way they're, they're translated into our English translation for this. Who was dressed in purple and fine linen, who feasted sumptuously every day, who did all this. And then the poor man who was actually hoping for just what fell from the poor man's table, not even asking for a place at the table, would have just wanted what would have fallen from the, the, the poor man, what would have fallen from the rich man's table. And then he has that, that wonderful imagery again as he creates this story about the poor man dying and was carried away by the angels. Doesn't it just sound like, you know, you just want to hear a harp playing in the background as Jesus is telling this story. And the rich man also died and was buried, is how Jesus tells us that. So he's just creating in the language that he's using, he's creating this chasm that seems to be happening. And that's what Jesus goes on to talk about. He creates this imagery, this parable of a chasm that gets created, a chasm between rich and poor, almost beyond what you could see. And I think this is the interesting point. It's as if they're not seeing each other anymore, the rich and the poor. They're not recognizing anything about the other except that they're rich or they're poor. And maybe the wealthy man in Jesus' story stopped seeing the poor at all. And that's where the chasm got created. And all of a sudden when that was pointed out, but only until, only until the rich man found himself in torment did he actually start looking around to see what was around him. And that's when he saw the poor. Only when his life had been turned to ruin did he start seeing the poor that were around. 
And then as Jesus tells the story again, as he tells the story about Abraham talking to this person, and he says to the rich man, you received your good things. And I like the way that actually comes out because he basically was saying to the, to the rich person, you thought that everything you had was yours. That's how you treated it. You treated it like it was always yours. But then he talks about Lazarus, the poor man, he received evil things, but they weren't connected as possessing. They weren't his evil things. They were more happenstance, evil things. And that, again, created the difference that people saw. What I had was mine. What somebody else had, well, I don't know what it was, but, but I know it wasn't mine. And so as that chasm got created, all of a sudden they wondered, well, can't we just close that chasm? Can't we just, can't we just narrow that? And that seems to be the harshest of all. If Jesus says, once that chasm gets created so big, it's beyond our repair. And maybe that's the message to us. It's not that there's a chasm that's created beyond our repair, but that one might be growing. And that's where we're called to step in. We're called to step in and look around now. We're called to, to see our neighbor now. We're called to see the needs of those around us now before the chasm gets so great that it can't be repaired. That's what the rich man wanted to do. Somebody go warn. Go warn my brothers that maybe they won't have this to worry about. And of course, as Jesus tells this parable from Abraham's perspective, of course, giving us Abraham's words here, if they don't listen to Moses and the prophets, they won't convince even if someone rises from the dead. And we might think someone like Jesus or even Lazarus. Even if there were a person named Lazarus who was raised from the dead, would anybody want to listen? So maybe the question for us today is, do we want to listen? Do we want to listen to what Jesus has to say? And maybe what Jesus would want to say to us is, do you want to see do you want to see the world around you on the world's terms? Because I can tell you, I'm really good at looking at the world around me on my terms. I get to decide when I see the poor. I get to decide when I see the sick. I get to decide when I see something happening between me and others, and I get to decide if there's a chasm there or not. I am really good at seeing the world on my terms. And I think if I would enter into the parable today, I would simply hear Amos saying, look around. There are people who aren't like you, and you might be building a chasm between you and them. That Jesus in this parable might be saying to me, 
Look around and start seeing the world as God sees it. And know that we have an opportunity. We have an opportunity to listen to Moses, the prophets, the parables. I don't think Jesus has any any sense that somehow there will ever be a place where there are, are not people who are considered wealthy and people are, who are considered poor. I think we always know that will exist. I think what Jesus is asking us to do is to just see that. Just see that. And see the people around you who aren't like you. If we choose to see them, then we have a chance that the chasm will not grow beyond our control. Amen.